Welcome, my friends, to Interverse Podcast, Season 2, Episode 4. My name is Chance, and I'll be your host again. Today I'm talking to Chris Abert, one of my favorite recurring guests of the show, and also one of your favorite recurring guests, according to my statistics panel of the, the podcast there. Me and Chris always go deep, talking about the metaphysical components of what we're experiencing here in daily life, and... What better time than now to discuss what's going on in the reality, as strange as it may be, that we've gotten gone and drawn the trump card here for our country. Pretty interesting. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what it means to disengage, disavow, desist, disconnect, take back your energy from these corrupt systems that do nothing to serve you and only drain you. That's going to be fun. So we'll get into all that. I will apologize for a few things. First of all, it's been a long time since I released an episode. Life has happened, and also the last one I tried to make, the audio just totally failed. And for that matter, I kind of had an issue with this episode, and you're going to notice that there's a little bit of weird background vocals going on whenever Chris is speaking. Sometimes. Not all the time. Well, long story short, his side of the audio got corrupted and picked up some of mine. And it it did it out of sync, so there's a little bit of overlap. However, I wouldn't be releasing it if I didn't think you could understand what he was saying, and if I didn't think it was worth releasing. So go ahead and continue checking out the show. Listen to what Chris has to say. We have a lot of fun breaking things down. And I think you'll enjoy seeing some of the connections that you might have missed in the the world right now, and, and how it all ties back to you and your own inner experience. So we'll get right to that, but first, I will ask for a little bit of help. Please share the show. Please post it on social media. Please tell somebody about it. Or if you really wanted to get crazy, you can support the show by going to interversepodcast.com, finding the about page and clicking on one of the links to onnit.com or secretenergy.com. From there, you can find supplements of all flavors, shapes, and sizes. I especially like Onnit's Alpha Brain Supplement, Amazing for mental focus, clarity, the ability to remember information. All of that is just usually benefited by supplements like on it or supplements like they have it on it. So go check it out. <clears throat> I'll go ahead and get on to the interview now. I love you all for checking out my show. I love you all for breathing and existing. I just love you. So why don't you love me back and love everybody else back by taking care of yourself. Okay, have a great life. On to the episode.
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Christopher Abert, one of my favorite guests to ever grace us with his presence and also the most frequently occurring guest. And that probably will continue to be a trend because there's an infinite mine of information that seems to erupt whenever we get into a conversation. And um, I regret every time that we don't have a recording going, honestly. <laughs> so how are you doing, Chris? I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you doing? Just doing my part to neutralize the uh, negative energy that's been passing through my sector of the reality lately. Man, tell me about it. <laughs> Everybody's been feeling it. Well, and even those that aren't trying to um, spread or spout negativity, I find a lot of people that I'm friends with are still basically in a polarized state about it. Like, we can defeat anything through love and, like, we are the light workers and we will stop the darkness that's spreading in our country. And I appreciate the sentiment, but you're essentially creating the darkness whenever you paint yourself in that picture. And I know this because I've, I've manifested my own dark ones in my life through looking at myself in a, in a polarized way. Like I was, you know, some sort of super helper, good guy. And you can be a compassionate, loving, caring, helpful human being, without having that type of like mental narrative going about yourself or about others being bad. And, uh, you know, I, it makes everything move a lot more quickly whenever you don't have those kind of distracting stories running because you're going to always karmically create the uh, opposite energy to what you're trying to, um, enforce essentially. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's kind of like, it's kind of like playing the full card, like carrying all that on your back instead of just trying to be you and seeing that it's already inside of you. But you end up manifesting like the situations that end up needing like somebody of like super caliber kind of help. You know what I mean? Like you end up getting, uh, exhausted sometimes because you, uh, you went in there thinking you had a little bit more going than you did or, just like, just like you said, like kind of having a polarized viewpoint, like it, it just throws a, a situation at you to just kind of reflect that back at you. And it's just like, Oh, take a step back <laughs> and see that, that. And the political situation is the perfect example yeah. of it, because if you're somebody that's got a really strong opinion one way or the other, then your entire day is going to be filled with the opposite, always being in your face, always making you mad or making you feel victimized or whatever loop it is that you've decided to be in. And I'm not saying that you haven't been wronged. I'm not saying that I don't have compassion for your situation, whoever you are listening right now. But I am saying that whenever you pick a team, uh, whenever you create good guys and bad guys, you wind up with essentially chaos. And during chaos, that's when the Joker runs amok. And we've got that right now with the, uh, the Trump card that's been pulled on us here. And it's almost like I couldn't get any more perfect than that all the way down to the name to kind of like pull, pull apart what's going on with everything right now it's just uh, it's kind of hilarious almost uh, that it's to the T like that to the T down to the the fake tan and the uh, crazy haircut right. yeah he's a cartoon character it's great I find right. that one of the greatest oh, ways to neutralize the whole situation is to find the humor in it right and uh, and in finding the humor remind the person that you're trying to mm -hmm. you know snap out of the bad mood because i'm gonna be honest i saw people in like a funk on wednesday after the election i went to the grocery store to get my lunch and then all the people were just like 
zombies shuffling around frozen with fear or um, outrage or indignation or whatever it was. Incredulability, I guess, was the main thing. But either way, it you know it required some joking and some some serious reminders that hey, we were doing the same shit today that we were doing yesterday. Nothing has changed. You don't even know this Donald guy, and all you're responsible for is yourself, just like it before. So like, why let this actually have an invert like an impact on you? It's not necessary. Right. And, and that's kind of the whole part of it. And like, that's just kind of like leads into all this is it's like, it's just, um, it's just really just trying for your attention. That's how it feeds, how it breathes. It's through your conscious attention and belief in it. And it's the whole surrogate system. You're, you're, you're voting. You're not just voting for yeah. a candidate. The CIA, the FBI, the Fed, all this stuff is still going to be there. So do you really, you see what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't really matter who they put in that office. If they actually are going to be coming in with real change, they're going to snuff them out like JFK after he gave a speech kind of talking about the eradicating secret societies from the government. So I don't know. It's just like, do we really expect anything to change if we keep voting for the same system? Because that's really like we are giving it our our authority. We're giving it our energy and our belief and our consent is really what it is. It's about consent. Um, And it's very, it's very obvious at this point to pretty much everybody that, you know, first of all, their vote doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure that Trump didn't even win the popular vote. But second of all, that what, like you were saying, it doesn't matter which one of these people is in office because there's all these other institutions in place that, and secret societies that are already doing what they're going to be doing. So if you want to figure out why would they even give us the, the concept of voting if it's basically a dictatorship and everything's bought and sold and paid for already. And that's when you want to start trying to think like these secret societies that have been around for at minimum the last hundred years and, and think what are the metaphysical components to what is going on here, especially your part in all this, because it seems that your participation is pretty limited. All that you get to do is make a lot of noise about it and hear a lot of uh, noise about it and then cast a vote or cast a ballot. So let's decode that because the main thing there is casting a ballot. And even right there, you've already got a magical uh, phrase in the word cast, which is the common word for it, you know? Yes, that's that's kind of the whole thing that people kind of like forget about, like even like with law and a lot of things, how it really, it's, it's uh, you know, it's using legalese. It's not really like a, the same language as just English. Like there's all kinds of things you could say and do that can end up entrapping yourself. You wouldn't even realize it. So it's kind of the same thing with all of this stuff. It's the same court. You really got to consider this is the same entity. Uh, so, you know, whether the ball is in the same court, it's basically uh, you're, you're, we're, we're dealing with ball or like the old lord, the old king, Germanic, Germanic king, god, good, or um, the ball is in the same court. People, right, right. The court, right. The court is the uh, it's going to tie into the tarot and the deck of cards that we'll talk about. I'm sure right. too. So that's so funny. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, so it's kind of like what people would also conceive of as like um, Baphomet, almost like that's the, that's the, ultimately the archetype of what it is, but it's, it's hidden underneath of, uh, you know, king's robes and modern religion. So, uh, 
basically when you go to cast your vote, which casting means you're, you're projecting or you're directing your energy into something. Okay. And as hyperdimensional infinite beings that we are like our word, our consent, our energy is literally the fabric of the universe itself. Like we are directing the energy of the universe into something. So when you're casting your vote, you're, you're, uh, you're signing on the ballot, like you are imprinting your two-dimensional image. You are projecting it, like you are like it's like a phallic kind of symbology onto it's the an, ballot. It's an avatar is, of yourself. It's a representation right. of you, which is in, then in a lower put, dimension, right? Which is then put on like which is incepted into the ballot, which is the female version of Baal or the Germanic it's king god Gud, the, uh, the, the priest-king system. Like, it's all kind of one thing. So this is like the, the female version of it, and this is like the archetype of it, because this is how they have to roll. It has to all be through archetypes. So you, you give your sign nature, your your signature, your sign nature, or if you were to break it down into sign, like sounds, a sign wave, it's your, like, it's, a, it's your squiggle. You know, nobody else has your squiggle. So you're giving them your squiggle saying, hey, it's okay. You are consenting to what is about to occur. You agree. Whether you know it or not, it doesn't matter. You just agreed. It's uh, like you just gave them a voodoo doll of yourself, and it's yes, perfectly constructed in every way because you made it. It's literally exactly what it is. It's a, it's a hyperdimensional voodoo doll of yourself. You're just giving it Just handing it over. And you're taking well, it not just because that, you're, you're, you're putting it in you you spoke about how that legalese can entrap you well it doesn't even have to necessarily be legalese you're no. basically inserting yourself into a two onto a two dimensional plane which is this piece of paper and in that plane all that exists is the language that that supports the belief that you think that one of these people is in charge of you yes regardless yeah, exactly. of which one you mark as the one that is supported by you, you're saying by casting the ballot that that the whichever person wins and the, the system itself does have authority over you. So you're creating you're creating a small little miniaturized reality where in that reality there's the king and there's you and the king is in charge of you and you agree. Yes. You're basically creating, so every vote is a vote for ball. Right, because all of these uh, authority figures that are in the, these hierarchies are all answering to the same thing, whether or not they are even consciously aware of it. And that's the whole thing is that we don't, you don't, you yourself don't have to believe in like the system that they're using. Like that's the whole point is this is all, it's a magical ritual. If you don't believe in magic at this point, I don't know what to tell you exactly, but this is this is their game like this is their spell like they're saying hey come into the web of my spell with your sign nature with your two-dimensional imprint you know like it's it's pulling you into it like you're, you're you can bring it into pretty commonly understood scientific terms i mean there is the very famous electron particle wave experiment that is demonstrated repeatedly that a wave is formed from an electron when you look for it to be a wave and a particle is formed by an electron when you look for it to be a particle. So if that in the underlying lower dimension of our physical reality is the rule, then that would be the rule on the higher dimension. That's above so below. And so if on a lower dimension, a two dimensional plane, a piece of paper, you are creating 
a contained little reality where you're making that agreement, then it's going to extend up into the higher dimension, just the same way as quantum mechanics rules the macro. And that's right. And so that's, that's kind of like what we're getting is also like this, this actual system that you're plugging yourself into, because there is a system. Like way, the, the, the rotator, the tarot, the zodiac, it's real. It's just, it's just refracted starlight. And it's just, it just happens to be like our relationship to the different star systems that we have and our relationship to our planetary bodies and how that plays out physically and spiritually, even though the two are completely intertwined. But this is absolutely a living system. All of life on Earth essentially comes from it, not that it's necessarily restricted to it to a T, but it's here. It's here with us, and it's here for a reason. So it kind of begs us to actually look at it and look at its story and look at this whole system's story to see how it interplays with ours and also how we can be misled through our own beliefs or, or by somebody telling us something or making us to believe something, how it can actually manifest in reality and completely change our reality. Uh, it makes a lot more sense, I feel like, to, to really look at things from uh, this perspective of this, of this living system because um, you can really see how history plays out and how this whole, this whole thing comes together. Um, but it, it definitely is a system of... Uh, of zodiacal motif of archetypes and you know you'll hear people uh, spiritual people even talking about archons and battling archons and all this stuff let's just get it clear is that these are just archetypes this is personality you could call it uh, uh, I like to simplify it and call it the animals because you really like look at people and how their personalities are and they're very much like this animal or this animal or even this combination of animals and uh, you can see how different people are different percentages of things like that just as like you can look at zodiac and uh, through different readings and things that, and information that's been collected through years, you could really paint a pretty accurate picture of a person and their personality through their zodiac. It's, it just seems to just happen this way. And, and while some people's zodiacs is very similar to others, and depending on where you get your actual information from, can sometimes determine how much of it just kind of bleeds over to be like interpretive and very open so that it would apply to anybody. But at the same time, it can be very specific, even down to the street that you grew up on, you know? So it's, it's, it's just like any other form of information. There's a surface right. level and then there's the depth. And so it requires someone who knows how to go into the depth to actually be able to pull out exactly. the gems. And if you're just looking at it on the surface, you're just going to see a big picture that it might, depending on how deep you're able to look, it will click more or less for you. And um, I feel like I wanted to go into talking about how the system actually worked more because it's important that if we're going to ask ourselves the question of how do we get out of the matrix um, and we're, we've been asking ourselves the question, what is the matrix? Uh, we do know that the matrix is a program of sorts and a program requires an operating system that it's coded within. So that means just because we're in a matrix right now, it doesn't mean there isn't a much larger and unrestricted source code with which we could create an entirely different program. I was going to say, I think it's important for us to also 
Uh, get some clarification on the word matrix because a lot of times it gets a really negative connotation because of like, oh, we're stuck in the, ma the matrix. Well, there's a lot of matrixes and there's lots of sub matrixes as well. And a matrix is just another, basically another word for matrix or for like a net, basically. It doesn't mean that there's only one matrix, that this is one, it's really, it's infinite. So it's kind of a matter of which matrix do you really want to choose to believe in or do we want to collectively agree upon is the one that's real and the one that's that we actually want to experience. Um, because it's kind of like this. It's kind of like within this zodiacal story, within this this whole thing, like there is going to be blood and guts. There is going to be awful stuff. But that's just part of the whole story. Like it's the full spectrum of experience. We have access to the full spectrum of experience. So it's really like our preference as beings, you know, what do we really all want to agree upon is the right thing to live in. And it doesn't mean it's gonna be the same at all times, but we do have that choice. The chaos inserts itself into the program when we lose sight of intentions because the, in the intentions are what create your attention. And if you don't have any particular intentions, you're not in control of your own mind, then there are going to be outside programs and matrices that do direct your attention for you and create intentions for you. And then that's going to draw those things towards you. And it's just as, as simple as what you're afraid of is likely to come true. I mean, and I, this happens with tarot in particular, if you find yourself in a, you know, in a state where you're seeing source or experiencing source more than normal you can walk right up to your tarot deck and and say what card you're going to draw and you'll do it i've done it before now i can't just put myself into that state and then do it but i know when i'm in it and i've done it before and i know there's others that have experienced that same thing so in that regard like once you're really aligned with yourself and with your center and you announce something it doesn't it's both simultaneously a prediction and a creation or a manifestation. Um, I guess, I don't know where I'm going with that exactly, but <laughs> I think, you know, we're going to take this opportunity where we have president elect Trump that so many people see as a problem or find to be a polarizing figure, take that opportunity to actually think like, what are we doing here? What, we didn't intend for this to happen, did we? This looks like the result of chaos. And what I know about chaos, to reiterate, is that it comes from a lack of intention, a lack of attention. And it's not really that you are lacking those things, it's that they've been hijacked. And it can be easily hijacked, too. Not always so easily, but it can be the food you eat, the things that you watch, throughout your consumption, pretty much, is the most easiest way for it to actually be hijacked. Which is why the opposite is creation, and you actually, you're able to set your intentions and reinforce them and direct yourself into whatever reality you want by tunneling, making a tunnel out of your art, out of your craft, out of your creations, because whenever you're engaged with that, that is what's tapping you into self and source, and that's what's going to you're going to encode information into that that directly reflects your experience if you're expressing yourself in a in a way that's care carefree and not connecting right. your creation to the expectations of others. That's really where your ability to change the world actually is. Is in your creations. It's the only place. You know what what can a person do with a gun or a bomb or an entire army? They might make history in some capacity, but it's not change. 
because war has been the same cycle forever and violence has been in the same cycle and pattern forever. It's the same negative feedback loop. It's through art and through new ideas and through ways of expressing those ideas that actually give people the ability to step into your framework. Uh, that's where changes actually occur in the reality. Because mm-hmm. you're, you're inviting other people into your inner space and like they're able to see your jewels and treasures and then take that into their inner space and manifest in their reality. As opposed to the violent path or the warlike path, you're only able to destroy their physical outside uh, shell and what they are never changed. That's, that's a big thing I've realized, man, is that we, we all are extremely powerful like creators and healers and we we each absolutely have the potential to change the entire world each one of us individually and just by embracing that level of connection and uh you know straying away from past that actually perpetuate division like that's our superpower you know that's that's how we manifest the world we want we just take we don't manifest the stuff we don't like that's kind of it's kind of like it's not even so much uh figuring it all out by subtraction it's just a matter of just only creating what we want and not mixing in what we don't it's because it's hard to take stuff out it's hard to uh to undo warfare to heal those wounds like good luck you know but by not engaging in it by not continuing with it that's how we really manifest what we want so we're not actually spending the energy on the things that we don't like i mean my god like let's just let's just let's just get this off our chest like look at the defense budget look at how much we're actually spending of our money on blowing people blowing people up like (laughs) well yeah you could replace that entire thing you take all that money and put it into virtually anything else and we'd be infinitely better Everybody off. Everybody in the world but would be rich. Take it, like, that's the whole thing. Everybody would be rich. Then there wouldn't be a problem. You could actually give a universal basic income. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Could, but even that is not a solution that we should wait no, for, for someone to turn down the defense budget or reallocate money to a, a good direction because all of that is just another usurper of your right. current. Uh, the currency itself is a surrogate that is come in and try to replace your health and make you think that it's something called wealth. In reality, the only wealth you have is in your own strength, happiness, and, uh, you know, success, whatever that success is only, you know, that, but it doesn't, whenever you connect the currency to it, then it always warps the, the manifestations. It distorts the signal that's coming through. And I've known many artists that have said that whenever they do a project that's strictly for their own interest. It's always better than when it's something that they're trying to get paid for or trying to make to meet the expectation of a client. Now, that being said, I think there's a middle ground where you're in a relationship of reciprocity with other people and currency can come into play there and be connected to your art and your craft still. But it can't be the focus. Otherwise, you're going to have the distortion. Because it's a surrogate of of the real energy, which I guess money is made to represent your ability to acquire uh, abundance in this reality. And what's actually your ability to tap into abundance is yeah, yourself. Your yeah. The money is just a, a middleman. And, and really, basically, middlemen are the same thing as parasites. They're taking a little off the top. And money has got that built in every which way you look with a million different taxes and tariffs and 
that's a whole other rabbit hole. I don't even know if we're exactly on topic to uh, to the notes that we prepared for this conversation, actually. But I do. I think we were wanting to talk about a little bit more of, you know, what is this Baal character you're talking about or this Balat character that we're all worshiping at the altar of whenever we're we're casting our votes to these fictional authority figures that are little more than characters in a melodrama. Right. Uh, this, would, this would take us through a, uh, a little bit of a journey in history and just reflecting on uh, the really the, uh, it's easier to see in the rise of uh, Christianity and uh, religions pretty much stemming out of uh, out of after the fall of Rome uh, in the course of history thereafter. But you can also still see it really in almost any of the empires because these people, this whole system, this is this has been in place since really the beginning of, I guess, time. I wouldn't know what you would call it exactly, even history. You can see you can see this in the in the pantheon of of, of deities and things uh, stemming back even to Syrians. But uh, really, it's just it's just the priest king system. If you want to simplify it, uh, it's that um, basically that there's there's going to be a king. Uh, okay, here's, here's here's how it is. Okay, so uh, the in the etymology of the word God, it kind of traces back to German the word Gud, uh, which is basically another word for like king or king of kings, uh, and it's just kind of like obsession with this whole king and hierarchical system. Um, not that there, not to say that there isn't the most high, there isn't a system to all of this, but it's just a matter of up and down. It's not so much this is better or this is reigning over this so much. Uh, though at, at the same time, you would say that your 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 brain or that, like the seat of your consciousness reigns over your body, but it's different. It's it's uh, much more harmonious. But in this system, it's basically well to inter- to interject there. Even your consciousness is is more regulated in a trinary since not a any one seat right you you have potentially more neurons in your gut than you do in your uh in your skull that's right but that kind of not to to cut you off there but you know you're you aren't even there isn't even one you i guess is where i wanted to get there there's not even one that's the king of you that's a great point too there's just the you're just the amalgamation of of all these parts of the wheel right and like i guess where you are where you reign supreme is it the balance of all of those things that's kind of more what i was getting to is that all of that is you different versions of you and parts of you but the what i'm equating all of this to basically within that would be like if you were to let your root chakra your passions desires uh all of those kinds of things rule your life and your reality uh and that's that's basically ball like that's if you say like two balls ball it's the dice it's the paradise it's it's the the paradox is like, like it's it's ba- it's backwards engineering the paradox almost. It's like inverting it, and you're putting uh, something that's supposed to be more of something that's uh, has to do with the divine, like masculine or, or not divine masculine, but it's more like uh, to do with driving the physical plane, uh, and it's something that has basically been usurped like that has like taken the top throne like in the third eye almost uh and it's kind of like running the manifestation from that point but i won't get too far on that jag i'm going to stick closer to the history here uh so 
it's kind of like this. It's kind of like, you know, you as a person were back then told that, you know, there is a man between you and God, which would be your priest, your, your religion, your, uh, that, that itself is a surrogate. Like that is the thing between you and, and, you know, the actual thing that's inside of you. Uh, and so it, it causes you to externalize divinity, to externalize your God, to externalize yourself, basically. Which is the same thing as separating. Right. Exactly. Exactly. They cause like basically a separation of, uh, of self and other. Um, so they create this dissonance because our beings are not used to this kind of thing. So it already inherently sets up a dissonance. The second step to that is actually having a king to also reside over you in terms of your property, your, your, your possessions, your, all of those kinds of things, uh, that somehow, it's going to be ruled in the same way or in a similar way that's harmonious with this priest system. But it's kind of like creating this illusion that there's actually any separation between the priest and the king. There's actually not. It's, it's all the same entity. You see what I mean? It's all, it's just because it's, there's one man here and one man here. And then there's this religion. They're all the same thing. That's, that's kind of the concept I'm getting to of what ball is. All right, all the demons uh, serve the same master yes. in a yes, sense. Exactly. So it's not to say even that that ball itself is like this this demon thing we got to go fight and and and, uh, and usurp as much as it is looking at yourself and seeing how much you've let your root get out of control because that's the whole thing about all of this this whole system and the way it's able to usurp our consciousness is getting us all to who collectively participate in the confusion of our bodies and our beings. Basically, it's just a, it's a mass confusion of what we actually are. Because if we did know what we really were, we wouldn't be dealing with any of this stuff. So, and if we actually integrated those things that are within us that we've let run amok, those root emotions and things that we've let essentially get stuck in there and um, block the rest of the energy from flowing we integrate that with the right perspective and balance it out with the other parts of ourself. And we're back to being able to dream anything we want. It's about, it's about maintaining what is the balance uh, and harmonious diametric of what they're throwing out there, what ball or what the bathroom and all these things they tried to throw at you to scare you. And to, to reiterate what they are is literally the direct reflection in your external reality of the way that you think about yourself yeah, and what you're doing. Exactly. It's, it's, it's deep. It's super deep. And it's, it is only you that is choosing to make them exist. That's right. It's a weird thought. And it's hard to break out of the it's loop. It's only you, Chance. <laughs> Stop it, Chance. <laughs> Damn it, Chris, I told you. They're not real. There's no such thing as they. It's all in your mind. You're the only one manifesting the Illuminati and fucking up the whole world. No, we're collectively doing it, of course. And it reinforces itself like any negative feedback loop does. You know, it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg. It doesn't really matter. It's there. What are you going to do with it? And the more people that, that consent to it and participate, the more energy it gets and the more it manifests on the physical plane. Because all these archetypes, they're always going to exist. This, this, even this the dark one, all of that stuff, it's not going anywhere. It's just a matter of us like giving it the right kind of attention uh, and the, right, the, the, the proper quality of attention. And it really is up to us. It is our responsibility to know what that is. 
but it's really difficult for us to figure that out when we're not even told that that's real you know and essentially it comes so, down to like if you can tame your own instincts and desires and that's not to say cut yourself off from instinct or desire but that you retake the throne essentially and you're no longer ruled by what amounts to uh you know a life where every day is a series of one addiction to the next chained together in a negative uh like a negative chain reaction if you can wherever you can break the links of that chain is where you'll find yourself present again and you'll be you'll be in that throne again and maybe it's only for a few moments a day for some people or even that clarity might even only come if they take a catalyst or something but it's possible for any of us to retake the throne of our consciousness at any moment and then that's when the actual game starts (laughs) in one breath and then you watch the monkey mind try to like take it away with all the stuff it's been programmed with and all the food you're digesting and like it is a game but kind of you know what i mean like if you want to like talk about all the variables involved it's, it's easy it sometimes makes it easier to deal with looking at it like a game it's not so real but it's incredibly real and uh yeah seeing as a, as a, as a game can kind of help you get into it without taking it too seriously because that's also part of it too is you don't want to get all crazy about it because you know you can obsess over some of this this kind of stuff and it can burn you out real quick and if you Uh, aren't able to look at it as a game you're not going to well you don't have to look at it as a game to achieve a flow state but what happens when you're in a game and you're firing on all cylinders maybe you're talking about a basketball game or a video game it doesn't really matter but you achieve that flow state where you can't make a wrong move and everything's really bright and fun and happening quickly but you are um, acting and reacting in a perfect in just perfect synchronization what's going on there well you're not thinking about it that's one or when you're in a dream and you you realize you're dreaming and you start to fly well, as soon as you start thinking too much again you wake up uh, you you can't fly whatever the case so all that all that being said what it's going to take for you to actually retake the throne and stay there for more than a few moments at a time before the armies of the monkey mind come and take the throne back is going to have to you're going to have to focus and focusing on something that you know that you can get into a flow state with like your art or your craft whatever that is something that you can get into for hours on end and don't even realize where the time went something that's putting energy back into yourself though not just something that's purely entertaining or diverting you have to be redirecting the focus into something that is in some way still connected to you so if it's a craft or an art even if the result of that is just a physical artifact that doesn't go anywhere you don't need to necessarily you don't even sell it for currency or something you still have the energy still sitting there in a collected form that's still there in your orbit you know like the thing you made it still exists or you give it to somebody a friend and the you actually get energy out of that interaction you get a boost through the harmonization that occurs whenever you're giving a gift to somebody and then the thing still exists in your biorhythm because it's a part of their life and they're taking care of that part of the, the you know the creative essence that you 
put into that painting or that song or, or whatever the case may be. So any of these things where you can lose yourself in a flow state and focus and direct that creative energy in a way that is going to stay in your biorhythm, that is what's going to advance you. That is what's going to keep the monkey mind away. That would That's what I think that. anyway, that based on experience. That was very well said. That's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah, you're, you're focusing, like that's, you're, you're going inside. Like you are literally bringing what is inside of you into the physical plane and manifesting it into reality. Like you're, you're bringing you out for you to see. So it's like sometimes having those kinds of reminders, it just it amps you up. It, it makes you, it just shows you how powerful you actually are. And sometimes... You know, just having that gnosis and being able to carry that, like that's, it literally gives you power. Just how it's like, you know, if you get told you're going to win the lottery or something, you can't, can't sleep that night, you know? So like things in the reality can give you energy. They give you different types of energy, archetypes of energy. And some of them are really good for you, depending on the composition of your being. And other ones can be destructive for you. But that's the thing is it just because it's destructive doesn't also mean it's entirely bad. It's just kind of like there's, there's, uh, there's always going to be lead and salt in the alchemist cabinet. You know, you, some things have to be destroyed and dissolved and it's really right. You're always going to have periods of, uh, you're always going to have charge and discharge. Like someone in your life is going to pass away and you're going to feel grief no matter what your perspective is on the way that life works. Uh, but if you, allow yourself to be in that moment and you don't separate yourself through judging it as good or bad or through um through trying to distract yourself from it you will find that there's ecstasy in every range of the emotional spectrum and this is something terence mckenna would talk about there's ecstatic states of grief there's ecstatic states of fear there's every form of emotion that comes through your field if you are present with it it is a form of ecstasy because it is what the that's the real time expression coming from source right then and whatever it is even if it's something that would be considered challenging or difficult by being present with it you're in the process of transforming it so it's it's ecstatic in the same way that um a plant is ecstatic when you put shit on it because it's going to eat that and it's going to transform it into its body and it's going to grow stronger and any type of negative negativity or unbalanced vibration that comes into your field if you're present with it then you are able to transform that and create with I'm that. really glad you brought this up too it brings up the topic of transmutation itself and how that's that's kind of i guess one of the, the kicks behind all this stuff is that um this is the whole archetype of even the, the they and the illuminati the, this control that we're or the chance is all creating <laughs> That we're all creating collectively. My bad. <laughs> the, the, this is something that we can transmute. Like, oh, there's a lot of people that are talking about, oh, like, can we go to another planet? We got to get out of this country. Like, the the population of Canada has started to increase as it has decreased in the United States. Like, this is time to get in. This is time to get in and reclaim our territory, our body. Like, this country is our body. And yeah, there's been horrendous things that have happened okay. here. But it doesn't mean that we can't completely transform this entire situation into something just utterly beautiful, into something that's diametrically as beautiful as it is ugly. And I, I know that that's possible. It already is as beautiful as it is right. ugly. That's also true. That's also true. It's already. <laughs> I mean, I'm having the most beautiful life I could possibly Amen. imagine. I mean, yeah, we're talking about these doom and gloom yeah. things, but I think it's only because I want to reiterate 
hopefully in every episode of the show, because it's basically the entire point of the show that you, you listening right now, your creativity is what is required now. It is, it is the most important thing in the universe is that you not just embrace the fact that you are a creative being, but that you engage in your creativity. If you've made it so far as to listen to this podcast, you can teach yourself anything you're interested in doing anything at all in the same exact way that you're sitting here listening to this now, whether you have to get in reading half a chapter of a book when you're on the toilet and listening to uh, something informative while you're in the shower, you know, it is true that we're in a, a point of extreme time compression, but that doesn't mean you're without moments of freedom and it doesn't mean you're completely without a choice. If the game was to the point where you had no more choices and no more freedom, you'd be dead. So it's important that you figure out what you care about and do it. And I don't think that the first part is really necessary. I think you know what you find interesting. And even if that doesn't seem like it's going to be a world-changing, game-breaking skill or pursuit that's worth getting into, you're wrong because it's your world that you're going to be changing. It's the rigged game that you've been playing that you're going to be changing the rules of. I can think of a, a million examples of people that, that I know that have gotten themselves out of in the nine to five job system and they might work 80 hours a week instead of 40, but it's by their choice and they're happy with it. And they're actually helping others in their community, even if it's just helping them do what they want to do. And there's no grand universe rectifying scheme involved. There doesn't have to be because this is about your life and about the balance that you create for yourself. And it can take any form that you want it to. So how to get out of the matrix, you have to create a new matrix. I think that's the main answer. Yeah, dude, pretty much. I mean, you, and I just, that's kind of how I like to look at it is like your matrix is really is your filter. It's your like I think of a matrix is like it's a it's a medium. It's a material. It's like uh, a mesh. Uh, and I even always think of it like your matrix is like you want to tie it into sacred geometry and all that. It's like your flower life. It's your hexagonal field. It's like surrounding you it's up to you what energy you put into that in different places and that includes your body it includes your consciousness and we were talking about tarot cycles yeah let's get into that maybe we can take this opportunity to get into cycles because what you're talking about right now is what i would think a good way to represent what the matrix is for you as an individual because we're each in our own actually we're not all in the same matrix they may have commonalities but we're each in our own the important thing that I would like to bring is that you've got a day, one day. That's all that you ever have. You have the day that you're in right now. So what do you, what do you do with the day? You know, like how, what is, what is the cycle of a day for you? What patterns are repeating every day or every week or every month? And how can you begin to insert things into the program of your day that are going to, they're going to bring about changes. Like even if it requires 15 minutes a day of something, 10 minutes a day of something, if you put the the same kind of energy for 10 minutes a day uh, into something that's directed, focusing back towards yourself, something creative the you will in a few months have an amazing manifestation on your hands, or at the very least you'll have some kind of energetic 
chunk of manifestation that you're still holding on to that you still own. Whereas if you spend those three hours a day or whatever, watching TV, none of that comes back to you. You've lost it and you've spent money doing it. You spent your energy. That's the other thing. It's like the, uh, it's kind of an interesting segue too, because money, I like to make a connection is just moon energy. It's energy that you've collected over the past, whatever cycle. And if you'll notice like, you know, you like every month something is due. Every moon something is due. You get rent, you got insurance, you got all these things that require your moon energy. It's like we'll pay up. It's like somebody else has to harvest off of you because you have harvested. It's just a, it's it's kind of a feedback. So, you know, there's all kinds of ways that currency can be uh, or current or your it's just I just consider that like it's a current. It's a current of energy that's being extended to you through the cycles of the moon, through the the baby basically the homeostasis of this planet, of this whole system that allows you to be here. It's whatever little bit of that that you've saved up. Uh, and so you know, I try not to bring it back to doom and gloom, so I was just trying to make a point about how you know, your energy can be manipulated. Your, your, what you, it's kind of like this, the money that we have right now, everybody has their energy of their basically infinite manifestation on this physical plane tied up in a specific system, a very, very, very specific set of coordinates and archetypes. But that's where all your energy is basically jammed up in. So there's certain things you can't buy. There's certain ways you can't spend your money. There's certain time limits on it coming to you. There's all these restrictions. And then you got to give it, you know, a bunch of it away at the end of the year for it to be, you know, go towards people being blown up and also, of course, medicine and hospitals and these things. But ultimately, it's being abused. Well, you don't even know what balance that is, though. You don't know what percentage of your money is going to one thing or another. And I think that it... Exploring the unknown yes. seems to be the reason we're here. And if if you're able to, in as many places in your life as possible, trace something back to the source or reconnect yourself back to the source of the thing, you will find a much higher degree of energy available to you through that medium. So like food is a perfect example. Whenever you don't know where that hamburger came from and you don't know what that cow was like and you haven't seen the cow's birth certificate and you don't know who his parents were. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, but, but really you compare that to if you grew the thing yourself, you grew the, the peppers out of the ground and ate them. You know where it came from source to plate and the energy that you receive from that food is entirely different quality and quantity from the, the tainted energy you receive what you are likely to receive when you don't know the source. That being said, maybe sometimes you don't know where the source of something is and it turns out. Okay. That's kind of the whole point. It's the unknown It's chaos. But in, in other aspects, if you can reconnect yourself to the source, then you're going to be stronger. And that, you know, the, the root of that would be to, or not the root, but like the end goal of that would be to create a completely sustainable life for yourself where every aspect of your intake, you know, the intention and the person that, you know, signed off on that intake before it got to you. And that's exactly how it should be. That's exactly how all of our food, how all of like the things we're taking in our body, we should really be able to trust where it comes from. We should be able to trace it. And we evolved to be able to do that, you know, in a hunter gatherer, natural first humans on earth type of scenario, all of that was in balance. Yes. That's where we originally learned to trust because we had to survive. So if you have all that access to source and you, you know, the source of everything, then it seems 
in my opinion, to be a pretty reasonable idea that you'd be able to rewrite the matrices and programs you're living in. And that goes to, you know, a pretty extreme level. There's all kinds of legends and myths and tales that go from the past all the way up to modern times of some people still even being able to express this ability. But I'm sure you've heard of indigenous shamans and indigenous medicine men, uh, both of antiquity and some in modern times being able to shape shift and literally yeah. become a different, become the animal yeah. that they're invoking. And, you know, that seems impossible in our current matrix, but if all of everything is within you and the source contains everything and you're able to rewrite programs and all of your reality is based on your perceptions and beliefs in the first place, then all you have to do is find the right agreements that you've made with yourself and um, review those, <laughs> change change the language a little bit and all of a sudden you're a jaguar <laughs> sounds a little, <laughs> it sounds a little bit simplified but there are you know there are so many chains that are um hooked up to us right now on uh you know across spectrums that we're not even able to see yet that it's going to be a while before we're turning into jaguars possibly but you know that's just one small example of the limitless everything's everything's possible yeah Absolutely. And that's like at the core of our being, it's where we really stand is we are limitless. Really are. It's just a matter of what our beliefs, our constraints, but those kinds of things really end up making up what the matrix is looking like for us. Not to say that, well, I mean, yeah, I guess to say like there's, there's certain laws, it seems like, uh, but they're also so easily broken at the same time. And especially depending on kind of what planes you're getting into and spaces and headspaces you're getting into, you can see basically impossible things. And that's kind of it. It's like by being limitless, you have the ability to do what's otherwise seems impossible, which we see with people all the time. Uh, and I think this is... Well, and essentially it all comes down to like what type of constraints you put on your own thought. Because like we were saying, we were saying this at one point earlier, how, you know... Um, the the monkey mind and the the thought of insight and awakening it comes through the same channel which is in the mind but one is more of an uh, observation of thought and the other is like an identification and a judgment of thought and a casting of thought and um so you know, it's kind of one's chaos versus one's a little more orderly because the one that's the one that's just observing the thoughts, it picks one to not to identify with necessarily, but to send energy to versus being picked by other yes. thoughts. That's where we're like kind of to tie it back to the first episode when we're talking about what is the matrix. The difference between binary and trinary is just that is that yeah you're can be accepting those thoughts in. It's kind of like in a way like are you only being guided by just those things or even by just the monkey mind which is so heavily polarized within and of itself uh, or are you like reintegrating it back in are you cycling it all the way through your consciousness checking back that it's you know that it's you if it's not you where's it coming from and like what what information does it actually have to give to you and what can you benefit from that and how can you incorporate creating something out of that you know well and even the parts that you you know you look at this this wave of of thought coming in and you you go i'm not identified with that that's not me but you can still you can still trace it back to 
if you give yourself enough presence and allow yourself to really ref- look at it with uh, your full awareness, you can still trace that thing back to oh, something yeah, internal. Absolutely. And in doing in doing that, that's when you get the uh, when that negative thought comes in. It doesn't have to be uh, a shackle or dart or poison. Instead, what it can be is the revealing to you of where the wound is that you need to direct energy towards or where the chain is that you need to break, you know, where the judgment is that you need to let go of and release because each and every one of these judgments that you, you cast about, this is good. This is bad. This is right. This is wrong. Is in a sense, dividing you from your ability to see where that thing is within yourself. Now, if you just say it is, and you say all is self, then you're able to make those connections. Boom, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love to talk to you because it helps me think about what I actually think. I don't get this deep into my own self-reflection on my own. It's, it's That's also another big thing is like, it's super valuable when you do, I don't know, like when I, for, to me, like when I have friends like you, because one, it helps me realize I'm not crazy. Because a lot of times I, I, I think that sometimes I think too much about some of these things, but then I realize that there's You're the only one that's got me convinced that I'm not crazy. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but like if it wasn't for you, I would be sure that I was crazy. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm not you, entirely dude. sure I'm not crazy yet. <laughs> Together we'd be all right. But no, there's, 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 it's, I think it's healthy to uh, maintain a certain level of craziness also sort of level of like open-mindedness to all these things and just being able to stretch it as far as you can because it kind of like shows you what is possible. It's, it's all possible, but it's just kind of like what what is feasible, I guess, for the energy that you have now. Ironically, what you conceive of as being possible can still be a limiter because yep. and this is something that I really came across back when we did our last series of episodes and it's why I called it metaphysical dumps because uh, during the process of offloading a lot of internalized negativity and built up uh, physical manifestations of that through the colon cleanse we did I also was able to let go of a lot of some notions that I had conceived about the reality and about what was and wasn't possible and what might happen and, uh, you know, just flush it all because I feel like as often as I can do that, it helps me reenter the moment because it's always these preconceived notions that even when they seem innocuous at first, like I have this power, I have this purpose, um, they always will lead to something that's going to threaten that, it, you know, just like any polarized viewpoint. So as, as often as I can, I'm, I'm really trying to just take those metaphysical dumps and what I what what I really mean by that metaphor is to just literally flush everything that I think is true or that I consider knowledge and reconnect back into the stillness and the the unknowingness of the moment. And in doing that, that's where I'm able to let go of a lot of things that give me fear It's the it's the conceived notions that create the fear, I guess. And that's the same thing as judgments. It's the division. It's, that's the, you put it, like you could break that down in the entomology of what you just said. The fear, it's like it's the fire. It's really the fire of division itself. It's like by maintaining that level of fear, you're archetypically like you are playing, not playing, but, but you are in essence like giving more attention to 
the energy, the parts of your body or your spiritual being where those those things are manifested, where those things are more, uh, what's the word for it, polarized or centered. So like your, uh, you know, passion, anger, all those things, fear, a lot of that is more in your gut. It's more in your, in your lower regions, even though you're just experiencing it in your brain and all that, but like you still also feel it in your body. And a lot of times if you've got, you know, fear, you get like the stomach ache or the anxiety, it, it just makes your whole insides uncomfortable. And it's like by focusing on those things, you're getting polarized within your own being itself. Like you're only actually seeing your reality through maybe your bottom three chakras, you know, by resonating closer to those emotions, you're, you're getting closer to where those emotions almost like resonate naturally. And whenever you feel those lower chakra emotions coming in and, um, kind of threatening to take over your consciousness, that's when that's when it does become important to have had some kind of training. That's where the neophyte and the adept are separated. That's the bridge that I'm trying to currently build myself right now. And that is there's, there's all these times where I've felt an ascension type of energy coming through some kind of, um, awareness or thought that is unlocking my reality and breaking down some of these two-dimensional barriers that I've agreed to um, in my past and on levels that I'm no longer even conscious of. But because that is, you know, accompanied with a big flooding in of energy and because that energy is all containing or contains, you know, both sides of the, the duality, it's very common for me to be in like to generate anxiety from, from that. And then it's like whatever door I just opened, um, you know, whatever rule I just abolished or broke, I then start, you know, the monkey mind comes in and is like, put it back, put it back, put it back. And I can't, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I just put it back. And a lot of times I'm sure that the, the new awareness, the new understanding that I have unlocked is still going to be there. And, uh, I, I can't really put it, put the illusion back. I still think that I would be able to, to intake a larger quantity of my own energy back to reuptake it back into myself. If I was able to remember my training, remember the breath and just allow what's happening to cycle in a, um, self-contained way instead of bleeding it all out in a form of panic. Right. And that's where I'm at right now because I've just bleed it all out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I've, I've been undergoing huge changes myself since like metaphysical dumps. And I've been taking many metaphysical dumps since then. But the calling clients, it was one of those things where it's like I let a bunch of stuff out and then I realized like how much better I felt by doing that. So it's like why would I want to pile all that back in there? And go through the same thing again. And that was that was intense, you know. And I've got you know, much more cleaning in my body. I still need to do it, and look very much forward to uh, this kind of ever expanding journey for me of of cleansing and coming into more of my own energy and um, manifesting more of what I actually want. And uh, so, it, yeah, it's been been huge for me like letting go of all the parts of my mind that are almost like addicted to wanting to fall back into the illusion or like thinking that um yeah just just like how you know you you try to maintain 
uh, positive state of mind is not right, but just a, a, a harmonious kind of like trying to maintain that Zen point really as much as possible that you're talking about and uh, not getting knocked off and by, you know, the different things that are outside of you. And like, it's almost like the more you take that on sometimes, the, the, the more the pressure kind of builds and almost like a crucible. Um, so I felt like I really, that was one thing that was big for me is like going through that whole thing was like a big crucible. Um, if you want to relate it to alchemical terms, it's like a lot of pressure pushing out a lot of toxins, of, a lot of toxic behavior and just energy all over, just from so many different points in my life and just really trying to squeeze it out. Uh, and, and, but not, but try not to like judge it as evil or something like that. You know what I mean? But just is that I'm actually just transitioning into another phase of my own energy and, and existence. And that those things served me in the past, but they don't serve me now. Uh, it got me. You're refining the subtle from the gross. Right. Because right. if I look at it with judgment, I'm, you know, locking myself out of what could be a tool. It could be uh, a learning experience. And I'm actually cutting out a percentage of my observable reality, really, through judgment. And that can happen not just, you know, with yourself, but with others. Like, you know, the more you judge a person during a conversation, the more you're cutting yourself off from connecting with them um, on any level, you know, um, as well as just from the you know, judging your experience when you're out somewhere, you know, as, oh, this is so much like this or like that. And then you watch how the night goes, you know, but if you go remember remember your toolkit, remember your, your skill set, return to your breath and just start that whole cycle over again. It's really amazing how instantly your reality can change. Just like within one breath, you could be right back in it. That's a hard thing. Is like you were, you were saying the word earlier and such a perfect word was the, uh, the chorification of spiritual diligence that like you have to like that just because it's like almost like you're setting specific conditions on you being able to even establish certain states of consciousness when it's like and like that you have to like sit there six hours of yoga and a really intensive apasana meditation or something to even be able to get to a certain state when like if you can figure out what you know, you can figure out the game, you can get there in one breath. Yeah, it's called diamond tree DMT. You know? <laughs> but like yeah. the same yeah, time, that's the whole thing. You can do that. You can activate your own DMT in one breath. That's how powerful it. Is. And you like you really you are. It's just it's such, such subtle quantities. We don't always think about it. But like, does, does DMT have to really be like in such high quantities? Like you have to smoke a bunch of it for you to be able to actually utilize it to ch to change or act as a catalyst to your reality when you. Can stimulate it with a thought, with a breath, with a certain place you put your tongue in your mouth. With those things, like even the tiniest, tiniest yeah, amounts of it, it's kind of like even Seven was talking about before how, like, the real masters, it's about, it's not about how much energy you're taking in or how many breaths you take, it's about that one perfect breath. It's like, it's like, it's a really tight, light vehicle. It's real lightweight. You know what I mean? It's real sleek. It's not so much you have to put all this crazy energy and attention into it and just rah, just be this big cosmic thing you're trying to you're trying to pull off as much as just getting so far in that you you don't need much. Well, at all. I think maybe Barely what allows for a more common maybe not common, but what allows for a person to be able to actually take that one breath and go deep is probably it probably does require 
a, a degree of focus and and a lot of energy, but not in that exact moment, but spread out across the timeline through all the reference points that you're able to create for yourself right. by finding the still point as often as you can. Yeah. And that's why a daily practice, that's why the the tourification of spiritual diligence, though, is just the just the same energy that's um, trying to separate yourself, you from your own self-authority, the whole ball energy or, you know, the uh, external God energy. It's telling you that, you know, you don't have the willpower to do this. You don't have the work ethic, you know, all these things that we've been trained to think that we don't have since we were kids whenever we were thrown into a matrix that we call school and told that this is your education, but you're not supposed to like it. You're not supposed to want to learn. You're not supposed to want to grow. We need to do an episode on just that, (laughs) that that whole ball. I think we do. We should get do another episode that gets a little bit deeper into this entomology and this history. And a lot of this really, uh, I think groundbreaking content about, what's really you know what's really going on with that and with our history and we can't do that with the rest of this episode like it's it would take probably two episodes to make it into even school all of it but in fact i think we're at a good point to wrap up now even but i think we should maybe try to honestly man i think we should maybe try to make this a monthly thing we're talking about that moon cycle that um you know all the bills you have to pay once a month well maybe we should pay a bill to ourselves by reflecting this energy between each other and, you know, manifesting these insights because I, I gained a lot from our last, our last set of conversations along these lines. And I know other people did too. In fact, I can tell you um, without a doubt that the, what is the matrix episode that we made has is far and away the most listened to episode of the show. So I'm, I've been taking, I've been taking, uh, these last few days as you know a good indicator that i need to refocus my intentions because of the chaos and and the trump card getting pulled and how i'm thinking that we could harness this joker energy is to do what nobody expects and uh, spread conscious information at light speed yeah. <laughs> and yeah. i think i think we need to keep it up man this is this has been really good i don't even want to get off the call right now but it does this actually does feel like the right time. <laughs> and yeah. well, I really like how we did this. We prepared a little bit beforehand and got some points across uh, that we actually intended to get across. And that, again, that ties right back into the intention thing, actually having intentions with what we're doing. And that's not to say I won't make podcasts where I'm just having a, a free flowing conversation with a person, but I am going to be working even more diligently than I have been to keep my intentions focused, my efforts really on like eye on the prize, um, changing my own self through these type of conversations and this reflection and not trying to create a product that I think will sell, uh, you know, get a lot of clicks, but instead like what really matters? What am I passionate about? And this is it. Uh, this is, this is what we can create. And it's just one of the things we can create, but it's important that we do it. And these investments are going to come back to us with dividends. Beautifully said. <laughs> Beautifully said. Uh, it's like, where do, yeah. where do we, where do we even kind of end it? It's like, so 
I'm really, I'm really amazed that this all got recorded. Yes, <laughs> I think we'll stop. That's pretty sweet. It, so, it's been great, man. Yeah, dude. I think sure. uh, we, should, we should do this I on the regular for sure. This is really healthy yeah. for me because it keeps me in. It keeps me. Uh, I don't know. It keeps me. Yeah, it just keeps me in it. It keeps me engaged in this whole process. And knowing that what I have to say can actually affect people. I don't know that I actually somehow improve their lives, or that may help them realize that they're not the only one that's going through this kind of stuff. That that they're not the only one that's kind of like, well, there's got to be something else in what this whole system is offering because this is ludicrous. It's totally, it's totally ridiculous. And I value my life and my reality in a way where I don't want to live in fake distortion. I don't want to be a fake. I want to be a real human being to the fullest extent of what that is. And participating in things that it kind of mock that almost, which in a way, I I see the humor in it, but like, you don't want to always live like that. You know what I mean? Like in this degraded state. And that's all, that's what I see, man, is that, you know, all things can be transmuted, but like, we have to be really real with, with, with the reality that we're uh, that we're living in. We have to be honest with ourselves about what it has actually manifested. We have to claim it. We have to own up to our decisions thus far. Because it's the only way we're really going to be able to kind of like, I don't know, reverse our steps <laughs> and, and get back to, I should say again, getting back to source, getting back to ourselves uh, and, 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 and feeling what that, uh, nexus of connection is really like between human beings uh, that God, I mean when was the last time we actually saw a world where there wasn't a war where there wasn't uh, uh, people being massively taken advantage of and not getting to fully experience uh, all the things that you can as a human being on this planet um, I don't know it's just, it's just kind of a shame if you can create that in your world if you can create a, a series of days without greed and without betrayal and without self-harm, if you can create a perfect day where there was nothing but your own connection to yourself, your own higher intentions coming through and your own personal growth and evolution coming through, then that day will ripple into the entire earth and the entire earth will be able to have that because, kind of a day. Yeah, man, that's another thing we got to always remember. <laughs> you can that's what a fractal is. Is, is, the world. is the power of your fractal, is the power of you being able to give your energy and your experience back to all of creation. Because that's the thing, at the end of the day, like, this is all, a perfect day. this is our return to bliss. You know, this is our, the story of your life. There is a story there. There is a, there's something very rich and beautiful about that and nostalgic about that. And the universe, I mean, that it, it seems like it, Breathes for nostalgia, entire, you know. So that's another thing to keep in mind is how special and beautiful and amazing it is that even you exist uh, right now, and that you're breathing right now, and you're able to even listen to this message right now. So that means you're very, very probably a small percentage of the world population. You know, I hope that this message gets out there a lot further, but you know, so far. Yeah. And it will, because it's no, not just me exactly. you're doing this, man. Exactly. There's, there are pockets of, you know, what part of this decentralization of authority and reinvestment back into ourself is the fact that, you know, we're creating these communities of whatever size they happen to be. They don't have to be huge. Maybe it's a few hundred people that hear this, but it doesn't matter because that's the right information for the right person at the right time. 
And so as we leave you guys, just remember, if you're listening to this, then you could listen to anything or watch anything on the whole wide Internet that is going to advance you towards, you know, your art, your craft, your gift to from yourself to yourself, which is also your gift to share with the world. So get out there and make cool shit and, uh, you know, encode it with the love and the uh, compassion that you're going to cultivate for yourself and, and redirect your focus away from things that are taking your energy and your current and your currency away that way that you can start to restore the balance in your own system, start to trace things back to their source and start to understand who you really are, which is infinity. Man is raised to want to be king. I wish it didn't hurt me, but I've learned some things. Lessons learned hard leave the wisdom of scars, while the clutches of the world can leave a visionary marred. What's life like in the U.S.? You ask me, what's it like staring at a meal but still fasting? Images flashing. But it's best to keep your cash up under your mattress. Better yet, don't keep the cash at all. It's just currency. It certainly will crash and fall. They've got a printing press. The shit's a mess. Waking up one day and your money is worth less. Medical bills, the shit is for real. Prescription, addiction, and the proof is a pill. Through our beautiful will, we turn chaos to glory. We thrive and stay alive in this American story. Do what you feel, do what we say. Land of the free, home of the brave.